everybody, and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, us. It's Ariel and Raylene. Hi. Mm-hmm. What's up? <laughs> what is up? It is episode 201. We're in the 200s now, Raylene. Oh, man. Now we can just relax. Episode <laughs> 200 true. was the big, the big hill, and now we can just... It's whew. so true. No it's stack. so true. <laughs> Guys, that was a lot of prep. For the last episode, yeah. I'm glad we did it because I feel like we did a good Me episode. Me too. I think it was um, worth it. But it was like I think it was many weeks it. in the making. Many weeks. Yeah, like uh, we did a lot of bonus reading for that. Can you believe we wanted to do even more? We had originally planned to read an extra book each as well. And I was like, I, I don't think this is gonna work, Ariel. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I'm glad that you said. Yeah, because I was <laughs> I was doing this like three weeks before recording the episode. I was like, I don't think it's a yeah. good idea. And I knew that you probably hadn't read all the books yet either. So I was like, I yeah. think this is going to be a good move <laughs> for everyone. Yeah, no, you were a thousand <laughs> percent out. right. But today we have a good episode too, because um, I think what, it was the episode before 200 that we had. No, that wasn't the one with Claire on it. I think it was um, the one just before that. Yeah. But anyhow, my point is, I feel like we're, we're back to normal. Mm. Huh? Yeah. Old like I said, standards we can just relax here. now. And exactly. And we can just chat about our reading. And I have quite a bit of stuff to talk about, which I'm excited mm. to review. Um, but yeah, let's start off, Raylene, with a little life update. Oh, How are things going over there? Yes, I do have a little bit of a life update. So Wonderful. Uh, I talked recently about how we were repainting our fireplace. And the past two weeks have become about painting the walls nice. in the living yes. room. Our, our big conundrum was what green do we want to paint yeah. our accent wall? So basically we've got Huge. like the fireplace wall. We wanted that to be our accent wall with a like a nice yeah. dark green. And so we got a whole bunch of like little paint chips, you know, we had yeah. like maybe 12, like so many, and we were trying to figure out what colors we wanted. We ended up deciding on three colors that we we're like, let's try okay. getting a sample of these three colors so we can put it on the wall, see how we like it. So we yeah. go get our sample colors and then we come home and something terrible happened and <gasps> I like to call this event the Shrekening. So <laughs> what happened, and this is Go completely on. my fault because I'm the clumsiest oh, no. person in the world. I dropped one of the paint pots on the floor and it no opened way. up, baby. It did not stay They've closed. They've got carpet. We've They've got, got carpet, carpet and it's beige. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a Ray. circle. I'm showing the camera about this big of, a foot wide, of paint. About a foot wide. Of, you know, just like vibrant green leaf green oh, paint no. and um oh, so i was of course just like okay what do i do and kyle was like just start scooping it up and so i like <laughs> grabbed spoons and i was trying to like scoop it off the carpet and then eventually we got to like carpet cleaning and doing all it, it spent we spent two hours sucking the paint oh, out of the carpet you can still see it um yeah of course like it was so never funny. fully gonna go away but we kept being convinced that we could get it to fully leave because <laughs> every time we would press a paper towel into it more green would come out so we're like maybe out. if we just keep doing this forever it'll work oh my god um so that was like the beginning of my paint journey and so that wasn't it wasn't Jeez. great it wasn't great you wanted to get rid of that carpet anyways exactly right? <laughs> eventually but we can't afford to do that so we're gonna have no. this green carpet for a while <laughs> and it's not even a good place That's where you can so like put a rug funny. it's right in front of a closet oh. so i can't even like put a rug there because we couldn't o open the closet but anyway <laughs> that was last weekend and then this Damn. just this past okay. weekend we went and 
got the paint that we wanted. We got like an off-white for the other walls and green because for some reason the people who had painted this place before did the accent wall like that purple color that I've talked about at length, but also the wall right next to it was also purple. So it wasn't even an accent wall. It was like Double an accent, accent wall and a half. And so we had to paint that wall too. And so we had to get out this whole other color. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, so I spent the whole weekend painting, which was so fun. I love painting. Mm. And now the living it room looks fun. beautiful, but now we're <gasps> trying to like bring it all together and get all the right furniture that we need for that room. So yeah. that's what we're dealing with now. Trying to find a TV stand. That's so really boring. exciting, though, because yeah. this feel this is kind of the first room that you're kind of like bringing together, truly fully yeah. doing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's really fun, and I'm excited because uh, ever since we moved to this place, our ginormous TV stand has been in our bedroom because it just doesn't fit in the living yeah. room, and I just hate that. I don't yeah. want it in there. First of all, it's just a big piece of furniture taking up space in our bedroom, but I also yeah. don't like having a TV in my room. It's got to go. Yeah, it's got to get out of there. Also, our bed is way too tall for it, so like. If you're sitting on the bed to watch something, you have to be sitting like fully propped up. Otherwise you can't see the bottom of the TV. It's just, it's just not good. It's just it's not, not the good. Move, huh? um, it's not the move. But yeah. Oh, the Shrekening part two also happened. Willow stepped in the green paint at one point by accident. She got into a closet. We had tucked the paint away, closed the door. Wow. Unfortunately, Willow was inside the closet when we closed it. No. She's sneaky, man. So, so she had to get a bath and she was not happy about that. Oh. So it was a big weekend. Really, really, really <laughs> full of paint. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. But the photos you sent me look really, really beautiful. Like the green feels like the totally the right choice. It's, it's really nice. It's so happy. And last yeah. night we like had all the lights really low and we were just kind of like looking at it and we we're like, oh, it looks really cool at night too. Like Yay. this is a really like cozy, like vibey kind of space. And I'm really excited yeah. to light some candles and just like hang <gasps> out in there with the blanket. I wish it wasn't summer. I could say that much, uh, but anyway. I feel last. the opposite. I am sad that it's been so rainy mm. around here. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> like She wants to swim, people. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're like in the middle of, like it's been over two weeks of, if it's, oh, wow. at, uh, if it's not raining, it, it is overcast. And it is so depressing. Like th this much gray yeah. for this long, where you're like, I can't even really go outside. Especially when it's summertime you and you're wanting that's, to that's specifically exactly. wanting to go outside. <laughs> exactly, you're like, it's summer. It is warm. Yeah. It is humid. It's hot, but it's not. But and it's extra humid because it's raining course, so much, right? Yeah. There's so that's much gross. moisture everywhere, yeah, yeah, which is just gross. And like, it's been just such a brutal beginning to summer. And today, guys, the pool opened. And you guys know, you all know how obsessed I am with my pool. And it was, it's literally like, it was thunderstorming up until an hour ago. Oh my gosh. And I was like, they're, it's ruining my first week of swimming. <laughs> like, I can't even explain how pissed I am. <laughs> She's furious, folks. <laughs> it just feels uh. really frustrating. Yeah, so. Sucks. Anywho, um, I would really, really love the rain to stop because I don't... It's funny, too. Connor was joking that maybe we all prayed too hard for the rain because obviously yeah. we had a lot of fires here in June and that was really scary. Everyone was praying for rain and it's like, I guess we, like, manifested too hard. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it was going to rain for the rest of eternity. 40 days, 40 nights style. <laughs> um, hot damn, but... I will say one thing, this is, I don't know why I'm bringing up this up on the podcast, but it is kind of my big life uh, thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that I feel like I have come out of 
some period of low mental health. Mm. Like, I feel like there was a couple of months there where I was kind of just scraping by. Like, I could show up to do the things I had to do, like record the podcast or whatever. Like, I was like, yeah, I'll I'll obviously show up and do that. But I was having so much difficulties, like, doing anything extra. Yeah. Like, I couldn't make a video, which is so weird for me because I've been making videos for 13 years. Yeah. (laughs) Like, way too long, but, like... I'm so used to doing it. I'm like, how can I not muster up the the, the, the thing that I mm-hmm. need to do a video? But last week I posted two videos. Ooh. I'm in the middle of making a really big video that I'm so excited about. Yay. And I'm like planning ahead and I feel like, like it's like the- You're climbing out. Oh, oh, I'm climbing out, exactly. I'm digging myself out of this hole. Or maybe I've stopped digging the hole <laughs> and I'm starting to climb out of the hole. There you go. <laughs> Whatever the correct metaphor is. Um, but I also feel that way with reading, where I feel like I've I went through a period where I wasn't reading very much, and it, I felt like there was a really good period there mm-hmm. for a while, a couple of weeks, yeah. maybe even months, yeah. where the reading was really strong, and then it just like totally faded away. But now I feel like I'm back. Oh, so this is yeah. kind of a accidentally perfect segue into talking about perfect. reading. Perfect. Um, let me start us off. Please. Why not, Raylene? Let's start off by talking about what I've read what i've finished so the first thing this is very exciting and a little controversial i read (laughs) roaming by jillian and mariko tamaki mariko tamaki is a canadian writer graphic novelist and artist now living in california jillian tamaki is an artist and graphic novelist who grew up in calgary alberta and now lives in toronto ontario Together, the cousins have collaborated on several graphic novels, including Skim, This One Summer, which won a Governor's General Award, and their newest collaboration, Roaming, which comes out later this year. So I would say that this is like the, in the world of publishing, this is like the big graphic novel release of the year. Yeah. Right? The sis, the, or I was going to say sisters. I always thought they were sisters when I was a teenager. They're cousins. The cousins are back. I don't know if I knew that. I think I maybe knew and then forgot. The cousins yeah, are back. I, I love that. The cousins are back. And there is a third cousin, Lauren Tamaki. They're all cousins. I uh, love that. <laughs> isn't that cool? I think that's so neat. I love that. Um, anyhow, yeah, here at the back it puts it well that they, their big two graphic novels that they've published together are Skim and This One Summer. Mm. Those two books really blew up the Canadian graphic novel scene, <laughs> but also just kind of the young adult graphic novel scene as well i have loved so many of their books but i have i have a a controversial take Uh i prefer their books separately than i do to when they collaborate yeah Yeah, like laura dean keeps breaking up with me laura dean keeps breaking up with me to me is like the peak peak teen (laughs) graphic novel like if you're looking for a graphic novel about high school or you are in high school whatever that's the one to read like very genuinely think it's so well done and then on the other hand is um what's it called super mutant magic academy by jillian tamaki tamaki i can't tell if it's tamaki or tamaki i need to look that up um but that book to me is genius. It's so funny. It's cute. Yeah, that's a it's good one. kind of a series of. It's all like takes place in the same school, but it's like a lot of vignettes and stuff. It's not really yeah. like an arcing story. Um, there are other ones that I'm now forgetting of theirs that I've enjoyed, but I actually didn't really enjoy this one summer very much. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I can rem- relate to that. I thought it was just. I okay. remember when I. 
same. I didn't dislike it. I just thought, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, it felt a little slow, a, a little boring to me, personally. Mm. Raylene, I felt the same about this Shoot. one. Shoot. Oh. I know. I was, when I went into this book, very genuinely, I felt so confident that it was going to be good that I didn't even think to worry it might not be. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I was just, I was like, this is going to be a surefire hit. Yeah. Like, this is going to be four you or five no stars. Doubts. And yeah. I had no doubts. I had no doubts at all. <laughs> and so I started reading it and I was enjoying it um, at the beginning because it's, first of all, the art style is really, really pretty. I As, love Yeah, that's the thing that Jillian, always brings it all together. Yeah. It's like the art is peak. It's 11 out of 10. Jillian Tamaki, who is the illustrator, um, they do this amazing kind of fuzzy drawing. I don't know what else mm. to call it, but it's a little Dr. Seussie. Oh, which, I know what you mean. If that makes sense. Um, like the lines aren't always crisp. It's kind of more like. Yeah, sometimes easy. they are, but sometimes they're not. And it's just like very, very beautiful. Um, but yeah, the color scheme is really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of good things going on. And I like the setup of the book. Basically, it's two really close friends. I can't quite tell if they're best friends, but it seems like they are. Okay. And they are in their, they've just finished their first year of university. Um, and like, they have gone to different universities, I yeah. think. So they, this is kind of like a reunion trip for them. And like, they're finally going to New York City. This mm. trip they've been wanting to do forever and ever. One of the friends though, brought along another friend. Oh. <laughs> and this I don't understand at all. Like I I didn't feel like it was well explained in the book. Yeah. In fact, I don't think it was explained. Not that it wasn't well explained. I don't think that they really ever touched just on it. Skimmed over. They're just like, "Yeah, I brought my friend." And I'm like, "Why would you br That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. Like, why would you bring this other friend if this is supposed to be like a best friend's trip, mm. if this is supposed to be like something you guys have been meaning to do for a really, really long time? I don't get why you invited this third person." And this third person causes so much tension. Oh, yeah. Because she like on the cover here, you can see there's the these are the two friends that have known each other like I'm guessing since teenagehood mm -hmm. or maybe childrenhood. And then this cool girl, <laughs> she's like the blonde. <laughs> oh one. wow. She causes all of these tensions between the two friends yeah. and is like very snooty. Like she's like, I know New York, like, mm -hmm. oh my brother lives here and is like acting very mean about everything. Like the first night they go to Times Square. And remember the characters are like nineteen. Yeah. Where, how old were you when you first went to Times Square? Oh, it was 2013, so I would have been oh just at, God. like, you know, 18, 19. Yeah, same yeah. age. When you went to Times Square, it was amazing. So cool. Right? I'm like, I know it's this so is touristy, cool. but, like, I've never been here, so it's cool. Exactly. When I first went, it was for a band trip because I grew up in Southern Ontario, mm. sort of. I grew up in Southern Ontario, so you could take a bus That's to so New York. Cool. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. And so we took a band trip when I was 14 or 15. Yeah. No, 15. 15, we went. And it was the first time I went to Times Square was amazing. Like, you don't see anything like that yeah. outside of the States and those major cities, right? Yeah. Like, it's just wild. So the two, these two characters are like, awe-inspired and they're yeah. singing the like uh the new york song and everything <laughs> and they're having a good time and she's like let's get out of this tourist trap like this is such a shitty place yeah. and like let's go somewhere cooler so, 
And so that's the thing. I was like, why did you guys invite her? I don't get it. And so for me, a lot of the tension felt really fake. Because yeah. I was like, why don't you just tell her to go? Or tell her that you guys want to hang out without yeah. her? Or Because she's clear. So it, it suffered a little bit uh, from that thing where I was like, if you were to all just have a conversation, mm -hmm. these problems would be fixed instantly. And for me, that's... I actually totally get it. Because when I'm writing stuff, I find like you want to create tension in a problem yeah and like it's got to be tension that's so well done that it can't be solved with a conversation exactly and how do you do that like i understand how that do you that's do that a difficult, i don't know i get that it's difficult yeah. but it has to be done otherwise the whole time i'm reading it i'm like why don't they just talk yeah why don't they just talk <laughs> so it also just felt a little samey basically like the trip took place over three or four days, mm -hmm. this trip to New York that they took. Everything that happened every day was pretty boring. Like, they'd wake up, they'd go to a museum, then they'd come home and they'd fight. And they'd wake up and they'd go yeah. to a different museum and they'd fight. And then, and I was like, I'm not really enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, like, it, it could have been a shorter book if they had just cut out a some thousand of those percent. bits. Yeah. A thousand percent. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but this for me was a very middle of the road experience. I Damn. don't think that it's bad yeah. at all, obviously. Um, I th there were a couple of moments in the book where I was like, oh, that was interesting, or that was a cool way to draw that, mm. or that was an interesting bit of dialogue, or that was a cool moment. There's certain moments like that. But this was just not what I expected it to be. So Dang. Maybe that's a kind of a downer place to start the app. No, that's but... okay. It honestly makes me feel a little bit better that I didn't rush out and buy it right away because of yeah. jealousy. Because <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I can wait. Like, it's not urgent. I can get it from the library. I would say get it from the library. Yeah. I would say get it from the library because I think you should still read it. Totally. Obviously, we I like those authors. It. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. And a lot of the illustrations are really pretty. But I still, I don't think that it's going to be one you're going to want to reread. Totally. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, the other book that I read this week was Lights by Miss Brenna Thumler. And as you can see, I'm holding <laughs> up sheets because Lights is not out yet. And I had it via ebook. Mm. <laughs> like, um, I read it as a PDF, and but I wanted to have a prop still. Anyways, um, Lights is the third book in the Sheets trilogy. Oh my gosh. Brenna Thumler is a graphic novelist. She grew up in Pennsylvania, where she still lives. Her first major publication was illustrating a graphic novel adaptation of Anne of Green Gables, which was authored by Mariah Marsden. Brenna's first solo publication was Sheets in 2018, which was followed by Delicates and now Lights, which comes out later this year and is the conclusion to the trilogy. Most recently, a stage version of her play, Single Bookstore, was performed at her local theater. And coming up next, Brenna is publishing a Western graphic novel called Gumshoe. Brenna is a Books Unbound alumni, so check her out in episodes 75 and 121 if you ever want to hear us chatting with her. Like I said, this is the third book in the trilogy. And... I felt pretty stressed reading it. <laughs> because it <laughs> like was Like picking it up. Well, no, because partly because I had just read Roaming like uh, literally the day before. Yeah. And I was like, wait, all the things I thought were going to be good can be not good. Shit. I'm so confused. <laughs> uh, but then secondly, because like, you know, I thought Sheets was so good. I also really enjoyed Delicates. And I was like, oof, stressful to have True. the third book off 
Like, for example, and I might disagree with myself now, but back in the day, I really did not like Mockingjay, the third Hunger Games book. And it was such a disappointment to me to read, like, two incredible books and then the third book for me to fall flat. It was a little bit like, okay, that's that was, like, really disappointing. So I was like, there is a pressure of the third and final installment. I didn't need to worry, Raylene. (laughs) Clearly, Brenna... Is a genius. It was a really, really good book. And what surprised me was that, like, not not surprised, but like what I thought she just did really, really well is that each of these books really does have its own story. Mm, yeah. Um, the first book really is about Marjorie, the main character, about how she is dealing with the grief of losing her mother and how, um, you know, she takes on all of this responsibility of running her family's laundrette or laundromat or whatever you call it where you're from. Um, And I found that to be such a beautiful book. Really, really great. The second book, Delicates, is about her, like, meeting friends and making friends with this character, Eliza. And it really, like, shines a spotlight on Eliza's story. And Marjorie is there and is still a main character, but it kind of feels more like Eliza's story. This third book is definitely Wendell's story. So Wendell's the ghost. And basically you're like really learning what happened to him. How did he die? Why is he a ghost? What What was his past? Exactly. So it answers a question that you actually care about. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like, okay, we're just making up another new character to have a third book. It It was like, no, we're going back to one of our main characters that we all love, this ghost, (laughs) and figuring it out. Um... I definitely, like, it definitely did feel like the third book in a trilogy. Like, you can't, I wouldn't read this book without reading the first one. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't pick them up out of order, I don't think. Because I I think it, the tension really relies on you loving Wendell. And you only love him because of how much you learned to love him from the first and second books. Yeah. So I don't think it works as a standalone, but it was a. Re- if you love this series, definitely go get the third book. Mm. Or if you've been thinking about starting this series, you should definitely do it because it's not going to dis. The ending is not going to dis. And it's nice you. to like have a full story to read because I remember yes. when I read Sheets, I was like, I just want to know what happened to Wendell. Like that was the thing right. that I wanted yeah. to, to be answered. And at that yeah. time, I don't think I knew that it was going to have a sequel. So I was kind of just like, oh, yeah. we don't. It's kind of open ended. Like you don't really yes. know what's going to happen. Yes, it was pretty vague. But um, knowing that the third book does explain it makes yeah, I mean, it makes this a perfect time to pick up the series. So yeah, exactly. So you, if you're like me and you hate <laughs> series. I hate series, not because of the books usually, but because I'm so bad at doing it, yeah, at like follow following <laughs> through. And so I would definitely prefer to read series, not that I ever do, but if I do, if, I like reading them when they're all out already. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not up to me remembering a year from now to pick up the next book. No, I can go up and re- keep reading the mm-hmm, series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also realized that I haven't mentioned that there's a little tiny doll sitting behind me there. <laughs> and she does look a little creepy. It's funny because I can't see it from my angle, so <laughs> I don't know what so the people funny. are seeing right now. She looks a little creepy, but she's actually really, really cute. I, I was at a farmer's market, and I was, like, you know, buying produce. Yeah. And they just had, like, a basket full of these little knitted dolls. And oh, it's she's so, knitted. Like, I love or that. Cr- maybe crocheted. Yeah. I don't and I was just like, this is, I'm so sorry. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I will buy this doll. What am I going to do with the doll? I don't know. But I, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I love that you just tidied go for up, it. Just go I, for it. I tidied up my office today. And I was like, oh my God, if I put her there, 
She'll be in view for the <laughs> podcast. She's the only thing that doesn't have a place yet. She's like, she doesn't know where her home is, so she's she know hanging she out on that yet. couch. Yeah, <clears throat> so funny. So yeah, I read those two graphic novels this week. It felt really good to kind of feel like... That's such a... A graphic novel is such a perfect way to kind of like clear out the pipes. Oh, absolutely. Get the engine rolling again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I'd love to know what you read this week. Well, in the past week, I have actually read quite a few things because I also got into a bit of a graphic novel (gasps) mood. But before I talk about the graphic novels I read, we have to talk about the book that you picked for me uh, about a week ago. I was so lost after the last episode (laughs) because we recorded episode 200. And like you said, like we are kind of free from our like required reading that we gave ourselves. And so I was just like, there's too many possibilities. I don't know what to read. So I sent Ariel a picture of five books and she picked one for me. So um, she recorded a little clip and sent it to me. So we can just insert that here so you can get the picture. Hello, podcast. Raylene just sent me a picture and in that picture, she has five books. Uh, <laughs> it's a little stack. Actually, it's a huge stack. Very thick. And she texts, the text says, you see why I'm having a hard time picking my next book? I'm in the mood for the most, for the randomest things. Therefore, I'm not sure what I'm in the mood for. And I'm just going to pick. <laughs> I'm just going to tell her what to read by sending her this little clip. Hello, Raylene. I pick that you read Piranesi because it's such a random choice, but it is kind of fantasy-esque, which I know you've been wanting to read. It's the shortest one in that stack, so I feel like it will like get you going. But also, the main reason is I'm just so curious if that's an us book. Like, I don't know how else to explain it, but that just feels like another people's book (laughs) like I'm like could that be a books unbound book I don't know if we're gonna like that one I've heard great things about it but I have no clue really about the plot or anything so I'm just curious about it so I pick that you read that one so yeah the book that I read first before I got into my graphic novels was Piranesi by Susanna Clark Susanna Clark was born in England in 1959. She spent a decade writing her debut novel, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which was released in 2004 and became an international bestseller. In 2020, 16 years later, she finally released her second novel, Piranesi, which won the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2021. Her only other published work is a collection of short stories. So it's kind of funny because in the clip, the voice clip you sent me, you said, I don't know if this is a you and me kind of book. And Mm -hmm. that got me extra excited to read the book. So I was like, well, that's actually a great point. Like, is it? I have no clue. Um, So I read it and it's not. (laughs) That's It's really not. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say something else and it's just, it's not. Okay. So it it was a similar thing to like my my brilliant friend where it was like, this is just not a book that you and I would like. Like, it's just, yeah. it's not a bad book. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not something that you and I like. So basically, so Piranesi is this book about this young man named Piranesi. Except he's like, I don't think that's my real name, but that's what this guy who lives here with me calls me. So he calls himself okay. Piranesi. So essentially, he's in this, like, 
big house, kind of like a castle almost is the vibe that you get. And it has hallways that go on infinitely forever in every different direction. And the basement, like the lower levels are always filling up with the ocean, like the tide mm. will come up and then leave and whatever. So he he's in this strange house that has like these specific kind of rules to how it works. And he kind of lives in this house pretty much alone. The only other person okay. is this man he sees twice a week and he calls him the other. He doesn't know what this guy's name is. Mm. He just refers to him as the other because he's the only other person who's there. And Piranesi like, he takes very detailed like journal um, entries every single day, writing everything that happened to him and explaining all of the different corridors and all their different names and all this stuff. So it's very detailed. So I feel like if you like that kind of thing, it's, okay. you know, exciting or whatever. But it was just description upon description upon description of hallways mm. and and statues. And I was like, for me personally, I just don't care. Like, get to the point. But yeah. I could see how people could enjoy that. And so there is this kind of mystery of like, it, is this place real like how did he come to be here why is right. he still here who is this other guy and how like what is their dynamic what exactly is going on and so there is like a mystery that's kind of unveiled throughout the book which once again i just like figured it out so quickly that it ruined mm. all the tension it was the same thing that happened with lexicon where it was like i just i know where this is going and yeah. there's kind of like a reveal that happens like halfway through the book and i was like oh that's interesting that they would reveal it so quickly um, I wonder like where it's going to go from here, but then I feel like right. it didn't really go much farther from there. And so it just didn't have the tension that I wanted for like a, a mysterious fantasy. Um, so yeah, it just wasn't my vibe. I just, wow. I found it kind of dull. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I find that really funny because I really couldn't tell, like I said in yeah. the clip, I couldn't tell if it was like an us book or not. Like, is this a books and bounty book or not? And I've had a lot of people recommend that book to me. Me too. That's why I, like, I, think... I caved and bought it because I just, everybody was yeah. telling me to read it. I think like, I, I had quite a few people saying to me like, I know you don't really like fantasy, mm. but I think that this is the kind of fantasy that you could like. Well, yeah, I would almost I argue like, it's like barely fantasy. It didn't so really... maybe that's why people yeah, like recommending it. didn't it. really feel like a fantasy book at okay. its core. Um, so that is really interesting. But yeah, I don't think you'd like it. I just... Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think you so would. either, but I was kind of curious because so many people had recommended it. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you went out and did the field research, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As a person who does like reading fantasy, I, I didn't even like it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then after that, I was Shoot. like, what do I do, man? I was feeling a little like discombobulated, you know, when you read something mm. you don't like and you're like, now what do I do? What's going to fix yes. this feeling? And mm. so over the past like week, I read the entirety of Heartstopper by Alice Oseman. <laughs> no way! Alice Oseman was born in Kent, England in 1994. Her work was first published in 2012 when she was 17 years old with her debut novel Solitaire, which follows Tori Spring, aka Charlie's sister in Heartstopper. Her books all take place within the same universe, her characters dealing with mental health issues, their sexuality, friendship, and in some cases, fame. This was such a fun read. Basically, this happened because I was looking through my Libby app just to try and find an mm. audiobook, I think. I think I was looking for an audiobook, and then I saw that they had Heartstopper as an ebook. Ooh, yeah. And I was like, what the hell? I'll jump back into Heartstopper. I, you and I, I think, both read the first one a couple years ago and yes. never continued the series. Like, I just remember reading the first one and thinking that was lovely, very cute, very fluffy, but yep. I kind of felt like that was 
where things ended. Like it just felt like a good fluffy read. And I don't think I was in the mood for more of that at that time. But this time I just decided to keep reading it, which it was mostly because of how handy it was because I had them on my phone. So if I was ever on Uh, a little break at work or whatever, I could just pull out Heartstopper and flip through a few pages. Um, It's also very easy to read on a phone because each page is kind of just like one or two big panels. And so it's very easy to flip through. But anyway, so I read all four volumes and I didn't realize that volume five isn't out yet. Volume five comes out in November, but since it is a webcomic, it's still being published online. So I was able to, after the point of episode (gasps) or chapter four, whatever, volume four, I just went over to Alice Oseman's website and found it there and then kept reading. So now I'm 100% caught up on Heartstopper and I'm anxiously waiting the next little, little page. Yeah, I think well, six is supposed to be the final. Well, it's going to be five and six are going to be coming out, but there's still yeah. volume five, like the content that's going to be in that book is still being published online, I think. Like it's not fully uh, out yet. So uh, okay. I'm like caught up, wow. but I haven't actually technically read volume five yet either. Um, yeah. But anyway, I was really, really enjoying it. Like the whole, from what that's I read, awesome. really, really good. Because um, what I liked is that I think maybe around like volume three, things start to get a little more serious and they Uh start talking about real issues like mental health and, um, you know, bullying is kind of brought back into the picture a little bit more because Mm. Charlie, one of the main characters, was outed as gay the year before this story is taking place. And so he's kind of going through something because of that. And then this new relationship with Nick kind of like makes him feel happy again and makes him feel loved and worthy and all this stuff. And so he's got a lot of issues that need to be unpacked and they start being unpacked like in the later volumes, Mm. which I was a big fan of. Like I I was expecting it to just be kind of fluffy and cute the whole time, which would have been okay. But I was really glad that it kind of went to a real place and got a little bit more serious. So I feel like I really know these characters now. And now Mm. I just like want to go on a Alice Oseman binge and just like read all of her back catalog because there's like Solitaire, which is like Nick and Charlie are in that book. And then there's also a book called Nick and Charlie, I think, which obviously they're in that. And they just like pop up and characters all pop up through different books. Like there is a character from, I think it was Loveless that popped up in in Heartstopper Mm. or maybe it was a character from Radio Silence. I can't remember. There's so, there's so much going on in her universe, which I really love. And it's kind of like Morgan Matson E, but a little bit yes. more, I think, a little bit more in your face about all the connections. But totally, because with Morgan Matson, it was kind of like one cameo yeah. per character. Yeah. They just show up and you'd see them in a scene, mm-hmm. but they weren't like characters in the book, really. Yeah. This is more like yeah, like there's the Alice it's a Oseman big group of friends. Universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're a big group of friends that like some of them will branch off and like hang out more than others, but then every now and then they'll all like, come together as a group, right. and you're like, wait, I know all of these people. That's amazing. Right. So I I had a really good time reading that and now i'm just like with like everyone else waiting for the <laughs> for the next chapters nice. to come out so really had a good time with that however that's so that is not the end of my reading i read <gasps> one more book that i Whoa. read yesterday i read the whole thing yesterday Whoa. and you'll overachiever yeah i know i just got really excited <laughs> I, I love that <laughs> i got really excited about graphic <laughs> novels um and i decided to read Nimona by N.D. Stevenson. N.D. Stevenson was born in South Carolina in 1991. He attended the Maryland Institute College of Art where he graduated in 2013. A year before graduating from college, he started releasing a webcomic version of Nimona, which also doubled as his senior thesis. Also in 2013, he designed the cover art for Rainbow Rowell's novel Fangirl and has since worked on numerous comic projects and works in animation. First of all, N.D. Stevenson is just so cool. As I was writing that up, I was like, dude, he's done so many cool things. For some reason, I didn't make that connection about Fangirl. 
No, I, I had didn't no realize idea. he did that cover. I That's learned that so on Wikipedia, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but this episode's brought to you by Wikipedia. It really is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I decided to finally read. I mean, I've read this twice, I think, before this time around. But it, both of those times were like seven or eight years ago. And that yeah. was back when everybody was reading Nimona. It was very, very hyped up in the book space. Um, it really and was. And it's yeah. still amazing. Like, I still loved it. I was inspired to read it because... Because, as I'm sure everyone has guessed, I watched the movie <laughs> version of right. Mimona, which I'll talk about in the movie tub. But I just loved it so much. But I was also kind of blown away by how different it was from how I remembered the book. Like, there's a lot of plot points and characters that are all kind of there. But they exist in a totally different way than they did in the movie. And so I was mm. like, you know what, I've got to jump back into that book and read it yeah. so I can kind of refresh my memory. And it was still really great. Um, but I do think I might like the movie a little bit more Ooh. than the book now. Um, so I highly recommend that. But like I said, yeah, I'll talk about that later. But it was so fun to jump cool. back into this world again. Like, I just, yeah. I love graphic novels when they're done well. Where, like, the writing is good. The characters are good. It's funny. It's dramatic. So it's got real, like, conflict going on. And, yeah. like, things beneath the surface that aren't revealed until later. Like, oh, this the yes. book has just got, it's got everything. So if you haven't read Pneumonia yet, like, just do it, man. It's about a shapeshifter and a supervillain that buddy up. I haven't read it, and I feel Are like you you're serious? making me. <laughs> I started it. This is one of those books that I started, okay. and I just like ended up putting down. Okay, well, this is a TBR it. challenge that I'm going to give you. I think you should <gasps> read Nimona and then watch the movie so we can talk about it. Okay, challenge accepted. We haven't done one of those in a while, so <laughs> we it felt right. Okay. Well, you know what? I accept your challenge because it's a graphic novel, so I should be able to read it in the next... I'm going to give myself two weeks. Okay, um, that's fair. I don't have to read it by next week, but I have to at least read it by the week after that. Yeah. Well, are you reading anything right now? Is that why you can't read okay, it Okay, yeah. I was going to say, should we talk about what we're reading? <laughs> yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm reading two things right now. Okay. The first is that I am back to reading Novelist as a Ooh. Vocation by Mr. Haruki Murakami. Um, oh, that's not his picture. <laughs> there it is. There he is. That serious, serious man. It's actually funny. He's very unserious. Yeah. I feel yeah. Like <laughs> He's a silly there's guy. There's nothing that very serious about Mr. Haruki. Um, so, as you guys may recall, I started reading this maybe two months ago I think now. so, yeah. I was slowly making my way through it as an e-book. I had, was reading it on my mm. e-reader. But then, oh, I don't remember what it was. There was something I needed to read. Yeah. And so I was like, I think I need to put this down, pause this for a second while I read that other thing. And I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, it just took what over. was it? it? took over your life. There was something else. Okay. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, I need to, was it McClue? No, it couldn't have been that far back. Yeah, and that wasn't, been... like, required reading. We, we could have read that. that was Well, that was a buddy read. No, but there was some... Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Oh, my God. You know what I think it was? I think I was, like, I was going on a trip or something. It doesn't matter. Oh, you know what? This is irrelevant. That feels right. So the point was I had to put it down in order to go and finish something else. Mm -hmm. So I went and read that other thing, and then I read another thing, and then we had all of the episode 200 yeah. reading. So I did all of that reading, and I was like, okay, oh my God. I just remember what it was really. Yeah. I'm so sorry that this is so irrelevant. It's important. It was mashed potato, mashed potato may. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
It was. You it put was it on hold for the entire May. month. That's what it was. I put it on hold for the whole month because I was like, I need to try and focus on the mashed potato books, mm. which went terribly anyways. But <laughs> I should have just, just read this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did. I put it on uh, halt through May and then June started and we had to do all yeah, of our June episode 200 reading. And so basically... I've had it in the back of my head that I'm like, I've got to get back to that. I've got to get back to that because I know if I go a couple more weeks, this this thing is done. It's out. It'll, <laughs> it'll fall forgotten to the side yeah. forever. Bye-bye. Um, so I re-picked this back up. And part of my problem was like, and it's the problem with any short story collection or essay collection, any anthology of any sort, is just some essays are going to be mm. good and some are going to be bad. Or like for me personally yeah. aren't I'm not going to be enjoying them. And so I read the first two and I was really liking them. And then the next 3 I did not like. <laughs> I was just like these are pretty dry. Mm. The first one is our novelists are novelists broad-minded. And he was just kind of going on talking about like the world of <laughs> okay. novelists and what writers are like and I was like this is kind of funny and interesting. The second one was when I became a novelist and it was the history of him, like how he became a writer mm. and how he used to have a jazz cafe and all, kind of similar to why I liked uh, his other book. What I talk about when I talk about writing, because running, sorry, because mm-hmm. it's like biographical. Yeah. Like I want right? to learn about you. Haruki. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was a great essay. But then the next one was on literary prizes and he's just kind of ranting for a while about how much he hates literary prizes and he doesn't care about them. And he, I guess in Japan, this is pretty interesting. Their main prize, the if I'm remembering this correctly, it's the Akutugawa Prize. Um, some of the people we've read, some of the Japanese authors oh. that have been translated that we've read that have won this prize. Okay, and cool. it's like It's their prestigious prize, yeah. their main prestigious prize. It's given out two times a year, oh. which is obviously so different than yeah. a lot of our prizes here. And he talks about how he thinks that that is a corruption of the idea. He's like, how can there be multiple best books of the year? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. and then he like was offered the prize once and he turned it down because he doesn't support prizes. Oh. And I was like, I found it interesting, but I found that it dragged on for a while. And yeah. I was like, uh, just stop complaining about the prizes. It's fine. And then the next one was, I think, the worst one. It was called On Originality. Mm. And it was just him talking about, like, what is an original idea? And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, here we go. He's like, to quote this person, but what really is originality? And I'm like, I feel like this is two sentences. And it's just like, there is no such thing as originality slash we're all original. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's fine. Anyways, so uh, then it was, so what should I write about? That was fine. But then... (laughs) I'm in right now this essay called Making Time Your Ally on Writing a Novel. And it's kind of nitty gritty, really. Mm, It's a little bit like, this is how I write a novel. Like, step one is, I think about the idea, like, what I want to write about. Step two is, I show up every single day and I say no to everything else. Like, unless it's necessary, like, that you have to do it, I say no to everything and I wake up early, I write until lunch, and then he has lunch, and then he has a nap, and then he he's like, I laze around, I read, I watch TV. His whole afternoon is really, like, relaxing, yeah. and then he goes for a long run, because he's a marathon runner, and then he goes to sleep, and then he does the same thing until the first draft is done. He's like, wow, this can take me six hardcore. months, or it can take me two years, like... I just have to grind until the first thing is done. And then he talks about the first rewrite and the second rewrite. And Mm -hmm. then talks about how his wife is his first reader. 
that that's like once he thinks he has it pretty much done he'll then give it to his wife and she gives him the first feedback and then he incorporates that <laughs> so cool. and that sort of nitty-gritty like how the how the novelist writes is what i love about books about writing yeah i was just thinking like, i love learning about the routine that an author has or the tricks that they do and and stuff like this um i really loved that essay i thought it was really really great and then the next one that I'm now on is a completely personal and physical occupation. And it's a little bit similar where he's like talking about what writing means to him and mm, blah, blah, blah. So again, I'm enjoying that one as well. So I feel like there was a bit of a slow stretch there. And that's why I kind of was like not going yeah. ahead with the book yeah. very much. But then I got through it and pushed. I'm glad I picked it back up. I really, really want to finish it because it was one of my most anticipated books of the year. And uh, yeah, I just want to read it. The other thing I'm reading, Ray, is The Year of Magical <gasps> Ooh, Thinking okay. by Miss Joan Didion. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> you started reading that before <laughs> once, right? Like you just, you I did. started it, but you didn't finish it because it was too sad. That's the one, right? That's exactly it. Right. Yep, <laughs> yes, so. really? You know me to a T. I remember some things, yeah. I feel like it was a, quite a while ago. It was like many years yeah, ago. Yeah, like I don't I even don't, know when you would have read that. I don't even know when that was a thing. But I did start this book many years ago. I started reading it and I had to stop because I was like, <laughs> this is the most depressing book I've ever read. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean yeah. that like anything's Long wrong move. with it. It was just so sad. And that's kind of the point of the book. Yeah. Like the whole point of the book is like dealing with grief. So basically the book starts and she's settling down for for the night with her husband in their living room. There's a fire going. He asks, could you get me a glass of scotch? She's just made a salad. It's like 9 p.m. They've had a really long day. They're having this late dinner. And she's serving up the salad in the living room because they're like sitting on their chairs and couches or whatever. And he says something, but he, he like, it's like a weird thing that he says. And she looks up and he has a heart attack and he passes away. Oh my gosh. And that's where the book starts, right? So to set the scene. Yeah. But to make it even worse, the reason that they'd been having a late night was because they were just in the hospital where her daughter has been in a coma for five days. Oh my God. It's like, too, it's almost too much tragedy. Yeah, like you yeah. feel so much for her. And the main thing, the like truly main thing is that Joan Didion is an incredible writer. So she can really make you yeah, feel yeah. it. <laughs> like she's like, has the right words to explain what she was feeling mm -hmm. and what she was going through. And this book is chronicling this year of magical thing, this year of this I th I'm pretty sure I'm not finished the book yet by by any means. I'm about a quarter of the way through. But by what I'm gathering so far, by the year of magical thinking, by magical thinking, what she means is she kind of kept expecting her husband to come back. Oh, she kind of kept, yeah. like, there was something about her particular type of grief where she just kept being like, well, I shouldn't throw away all of his shoes in case he yeah. comes back. Or I shouldn't do this in case he comes back. And she kept having this magical hope Mm -hmm. that it wasn't actually over um but then she's also dealing with this tremendous tragedy of her daughter who's yeah. basically got pneumonia and then it just went really bad and Oy. is now in a, in a coma it's it's almost too much <laughs> still <laughs> <laughs> but it's so 
good. And I think because the first time I read it, I didn't know what I was going into. Mm, you're like, wait, it. wait, why am I feeling so yeah. sad? <laughs> this time I feel like I it was more purposeful that I'm walking yeah. into the sadness. Yeah. I like knew what I was signing up for. And I'm listening to the audiobook. Oh. And the audiobook's really good. It's not read by Joan Didion. I forget who it's read by, but the author has a, or the uh, the narrator has a really great voice. And okay. she seems like a very fancy older lady. <laughs> I really like the narrator. <laughs> so I'm listening to this mainly as an audiobook, but I'm really enjoying it. And basically, I think it will become like my catalyst for reading more Joan Didion. Do you have I've more of her wanting books? to? I have, I bought one last year. I don't know if you remember that. I bought White, the White, the white Book. What's that called? Or White Album, sorry. The White Album. Isn't that? No. It is. Yeah. It is the Beatles yes, album as well, it but is is, it is also called her. that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yes, I bought the White Album. I think it was last year and I haven't read any other Joan Didion. I feel like this could start a catalyst of Ariel finally reads all those cool 60s and 70s <gasps> authors she's been I wanna meaning to read. I want to do that too. <laughs> I know. There's Let's such read a cool some Eve Babbitts together. Let's do exactly. it. Exactly. Let's dive in. And Speedboat and so many other cool books from that period so written true. by cool women. Um, but yeah, so those are the two things I'm currently reading. I'm liking both of them, which is great. I love that. You're back what on about... your nonfiction train. Yeah, you're right. It's a good train to be on. I've enjoyed Maybe my nonfiction train it. this year. Like, yeah, like I hopped on it for a bit. I'm hopped off it at the moment, but I'm sure I'll hop back on it soon. Um, but the book I'm currently reading is one that is a bit of a mashed potato book and mm. I've been putting it off cause it's a little bit thick, but I'm excited mm. to finally be reading it. And that book is Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. It's this weird little pocketbook that I have. So I feel like I don't know anything about this. Book. I know this. I don't even know how I came across this book. I have zero okay. clue how I found this, but I <laughs> bought this copy two years ago. I could have sworn I bought it like a few you know, within the past year, but apparently not. Course, so I've had yeah. it for a while now. If you look it up, it has a very, very high average rating on Goodreads. Like it's one of those books that is clearly mm. just loved by everybody who reads it. Um, yep. So this book is kind of like, sort of like a Stephen King book a little bit is the best way that I can describe it. It came out in the early nineties and it's a coming of age story. The main character is this 12 year old boy and he lives in this tiny little like idyllic hometown you know small town everybody knows each other nothing bad ever happens but then at the beginning of the book i'm still like literally only 50 pages in so i'm still at the okay. very beginning um so at the very beginning of the book he is Corey is the name of the main character he is um with his dad doing like milk deliveries his dad is a milkman it takes place in like okay. the 60s as well so it's very cool right um so he's like just early in the morning before school doing the the milk deliveries with his dad and they see this car speed off the road and like go into a lake and mm. so his dad immediately like runs in to try and go save the person and he like gets in and he's trying to pull this guy out but the person is handcuffed to the steering wheel and he's Whoa, like okay. wait what's That's going on and then he realizes that this person is already dead. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what is going on? So he gets out of there, you know, alerts the police. And the police are all trying to figure out who this person is. But in all the neighboring towns, they're like, no one is missing. Like, and that description doesn't match anyone who lives here. Like, I, we don't know what's going on. So it's kind of like this strange, bizarre case that nobody can yeah. figure out what's going on. But then you've got this like 12 year old who was kind of in the middle of it and like isn't privy to all of the information, obviously, because he's a kid. It's not like the police right. are going to tell him things. So you're kind of seeing it from his perspective, like, what is going on? And then uh, some weird event just happened. They were at um, at church for Easter 
and all these wasps came in and started attacking oh, people. And no. it's like, so there's just like a series of stressful events. Spooky. And okay. spooky, exactly. And I think that it's a bit supernatural. Like it's, it's, you know, it's a bit Stephen Kingy, where it's kind of like, right, yeah. and there's a kid on a bike on the cover. So it just makes me think. Of I mean, it looks Stephen King. Stephen King, sure. a little Stranger Things, maybe. Like the reason that I wanted to read this is I think I came across it on some kind of list that was like books you would like if you like Stranger Things or Stephen King, okay. one or one of the, the two. So I think that's how I discovered it, and I'm definitely loving it so far. But I'm still so early on. And I started reading it actually before I started reading all those graphic novels. So I've kind of been away from it for about a week now. And I'm ready to come back to it. I'm ready to come back. It feels like a perfect summer read. And I also feel like I've read so many books kind of quickly over the past six months. I feel like I've kind of zipped through a lot. And I want to just like read something kind of long that I can just take my time with. So I may be reading this for for a few weeks. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) I'm not really sure what my plan is yet. But I'm happy to just be like kind of chilling. Just reading something yeah. I really want to read, you know? A I think potato. that's literally the whole point. Really. Exactly. Damn it! That's what I want to do. Because <laughs> like you said, like the past few months have been kind of crazy for us for reading. For whatever yeah. reason. We just keep doing things to ourselves that make us <laughs> have TBRs <sighs> and stuff, which is just wrong. It's just wrong! I feel like we shouldn't ever choose a book, like force ourselves to read a book ever again. Except for that TBR challenge you just made me do. <laughs> No pressure. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. <laughs> no, I'm doing it, damn it. Uh, I've been meaning to read that. It would be fun also to watch the movie and like be in the know. Yeah, yeah. Now's the time it's, to do it. Um, oh, I think I said that for this episode, I would... No, no, no. I said eventually. I'm going to I'm going to count my graphic novels and oh, see yeah. what percentage is read versus unread. Yeah, I'm so curious. Because that really is a goal of mine is to just have read all of my graphic novels. I'm also looking over there and really realizing they take up almost an entire <laughs> yeah, shelf. Yeah, you have now. a lot. You have probably the most graphic novels out of anyone I know. That's actually so interesting, really. Yeah. Like, I never had zoomed <laughs> out because there's also a lot of graphic novels over here. Like, I've run out of room. Oh, my gosh. And... <laughs> I did not realize I had that many graphic No, That's fascinating. You know what? That's fascinating. It is. And it's funny because I used to have a lot, but I've kind of like honed my collection to just be the ones that I really, really love because they do take up a lot of space and they are heavy to move. They're so heavy. So so I've kind of like honed my collection down. Like I don't have some of the ones that you still have. Like I'm sure you still have this one summer, even though we were just talking about how it wasn't your favorite. I got rid of that years ago. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, that's just me. I definitely have it. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Well, <laughs> let's move on to a little book haul. Mm. I, well, wait, was there anything else you were reading? I nope, think you said that's no. it. Okay, cool. that's it. Okay, so for a book haul, I only have one book. And I just got this in the mail yesterday. Mm. It was sent to me by a publisher. So um, whatever I'm supposed to say, they were sent it to me gifted. Hashtag gifted. Um, <laughs> from, this was from Pan Macmillan, isn't it? Yes, from Pan Macmillan. This is really interesting, Raylene. I think oh, I think you might be intrigued by this okay. one. I'm curious if, if you've heard of it. And I also don't know if this... I don't think this is what the final copy looks like. This is an arc. Yeah. But it is Need a Rental Person Who Does Nothing. I've never heard of it, but I already want it. I want it. Exactly. The okay, so I'm showing it to Raylene. Yeah, I don't think this is the final it's cover. probably not. Um... 
but I guess I could be wrong. Anyhow, anyhow, this book comes out July 6th. So literally in three days. uh, And I always find it funny when I get an arc, like in the week where the book came out, I'm like, you could have just given me me not an arc. Send me the final book so I can take (laughs) photos and like promote what your actual book looks like. Um, Either way, either way, I am grateful for it. This sounds really fascinating when I was reached out to, Basically, like, I'll get, like, a monthly thing that mm-hmm. from the publisher, and they're like, these are our books. And I usually go, none of those look interesting to me, but this one stood out. Yeah. So, do you remember, I hauled a book a couple of months ago called Life for Sale by Yukio Mishima. Yep. I think that was in January, actually. I think it was one of my Christmas books. So, that book is a fictional book. It's a fictional book, a mm-hmm. uh, made-up story about a guy who is, like, hates life, wants to commit suicide... But instead of doing that, he's like, I care so little about my life. I'm just going to rent myself out, basically. Oh. He's like, I'm just going to, like, put my life for sale. And whatever people want me to do, I'll just do it. I don't I don't even care anymore. Wow. And I haven't read that book, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> that seems like it could go wildly bad, right? Yeah. This is similar. To me, it feels similar. Yeah. But it's a memoir. This is real. What? This actually happened. <laughs> this is a guy. And so it starts with a, a tweet. Okay. This is a tweet. That this guy actually sent out, and I'll read you the tweet. Morimoto Shoji. I'm starting a service called Rental Person Who Does Nothing. And I'm available for any situation in which all you want is a person to be there. Maybe there's a restaurant you want to go to, but you feel awkward going on your Mm. own. Maybe a game you want to play, but you're one person short. Or perhaps you'd like someone to keep a space in the park for your cherry blossom viewing party. (laughs) I only charge transport from Kokubunji Station and cost of food slash drink if applicable. I can't do anything except give very simple responses. <laughs> okay. So it's like a very specific thing that he tweeted that out. And then I'm just going to read you the first sentence of the book. With this tweet, the rental person who does nothing service was launched. At the time, I had 300 followers. Hmm. 10 months later, I had 100,000. Oh my gosh. The number of requests has grown too, and now I get a steady flow of about three a day. That so, is so interesting. <laughs> I want I'm, that book. I know. I'm obsessed with the idea. Yeah. I don't know, of course, if it's a good book or not. Yeah. Like, just because he did a cool experiment doesn't mean he wrote a good book. Um. But there's also photographs, really, (gasps) which I'm showing to the people as well as to you. There's photographs in here. And I this is the other thing that I was trying to figure out. And I can't figure out if in the finished book, are they also in black and white Mm. or are they um, in color? I'm not sure. It's very short. There's a lot of tweets in here as well um, from the interactions, I'm guessing, that he had. And... Yeah, in his bio, it says that he was born in 1984. Okay. Um, he began working as a rental person who does nothing in 2018 <laughs> and has since been hired by more than 4,000 people. Oh, my gosh. And I love TV the idea show... of just, like, using him as, like, a fourth person to play a board game. That's such I know. <laughs> that's that's so funny. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and I also wonder, like, he says he doesn't charge money. Yeah. Like, there's no charge. He just, you have to just pay for him to get to where you're going. And for food, if, for example, you've invited him to a restaurant, he's not going to spend his own money to do your thing. I'm like, okay, that's all fair. But, like, does he have a job? Yeah. Do do people give him tips? Or, like, (laughs) 
I'm I'm tr- I'm very confused about a lot of things. So I'm actually really hyped on this. It's yeah. also it, guys, it's so short and a memoir that I think it would be such a quick read. I'd probably be um, reading that right now if I had just received I it. Honestly, if I honestly like I like I literally just opened it in the mail yesterday <laughs> and I read the first chapter already, the prologue of it, yeah. and I was like, I think I might have to yeah. jump on this. Sorry, Haruki. Um we're reading sorry, this now. Haruki. <laughs> and Miss Didion. Yeah. I'll be right back. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that was a really cool one. Again, thanks to Pan Macmillan, Pan Macmillan for sending that over. Uh, Raylene, you told me you had a bit of a haul as well, yeah? Yeah, and mine were actually all gifts too. So, or like sent oh, by publishers, neat. which was cool. So, <gasps> I just saw something. You saw, you start, saw something. Start with the wall. Start with the wall. <laughs> okay, so I received a very wonderful message from Catherine, one of our patrons, one of our dust jackets. Oh. And she reached out to me and said, you know how you recently got that ugly copy of The Wall? Well, I just found a really nice copy. Do you oh, want me to send it to you? And I was like... That's so nice. Yes, Catherine. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And so I now have a beautiful copy with the cow of oh, The Wall such a cool by copy. Marlon Haushofer. Which, so now you we... You haven't read it yet, I right? haven't read it, no, but I... No, okay. So I'm excited for you and I to probably re- buddy read that together. But we should buddy read that. I think it would be a good Let's one. Let's buddy read. read it. Let's do okay. it. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much to Catherine for doing that. Like, I I was just like, what can I do that's for you really now? Nice. So I've already told Catherine if I find a copy of Albatross, it's got her name on it. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> um, but then the other books that I got were from Lindsay, our buddy Lindsay from Coach House Books, who you connected oh, me yes. with. And I actually have her email here that she sent me because it, she explains very well like why she picked she picked these books for me. She she's t- yeah. she sent me a little list of ones that she thought That's I would so like, cool. and then I just said yes, send them. I want them all. <laughs> um, okay, so the first one that I'm going to haul is a short story collection called Lesser Known Monsters of the 21st Century by Kim Fu, oh, which I'm cool. sure you've probably seen this one. It's a very cool, Beautiful. very cool copy. This is what Lindsay says. Um, this book is a sci-fi Black Mirror-esque short story oh, collection that perfect. was up for the Giller in 2022. It's one of my favorite mm. short story collections, and I think you'd really enjoy it. I said, tick, yes, I do want that. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And then the second book is called The Laws of the Skies by Grégoire Courtois. Uh, a Frenchman, yes. and um, this one, <laughs> it. and the other thing, these are all super short, which I really love. So yes. they're all cute little tiny books. Um, but what Lindsay said about this one is that it's having a bit of a moment on horror TikTok. It's very oh. yellow jackets, effed up things happening in oh, the woods perfect. type of vibe. And that's perfect. Once again, you. I said tick tick. Yes, that sounds <laughs> perfect. I love yellow jackets. I want horror in the woods. That's literally something I was looking for so to sick. read recently. And yeah. then. There's one that um, hasn't arrived yet because it's actually not coming out till October. So I'll talk about that one later. But oh, the nice. last book that I got today um, is The Breaks by Julieta Singh, which is, mm. I think it's just like a long essay, um, but it's Lovely kind of cover. like a memoir. So what um, Lindsay said about this one is, finally, The Breaks. It's a bit of a memoir. We don't publish many, but when we do our publisher, mm. we do when our publisher really likes it. So this oh, one cool. seems to be like a, an outlier that just snuck Ooh. in there because they liked it so it much. so good. And yeah, so I don't really sick. know what it's about specifically, but I think it's about, it's a, like a mother writing a letter to her daughter, I think is oh, kind of the vibe, cute, which cool. I'm like, oh, that's lovely. That's just so good. Yeah. So I'm so excited about these three books. And um, she brings it out of the, she slaps it out of the park again. Huh? Lindsay gets us. That was the thing that <laughs> just blew me it. away. I was like, how do you know? 
this That's awesome. how are you in my yeah. brain um because i was kind of i went in kind of hesitant i'm like do i need another book i don't think so but then i was like wait yeah of course i'll say yes to these four books no yeah, problem because awesome. they all sound perfect that's so sick <sighs> so, they yeah. have great covers too yeah they're all like really cool it's doing cool really covers. cool yeah that's, that's beautiful it. that's my little haul well our last segment today is our uh, we haven't done it in a while so it's time to do a real quick version of book news <laughs> It's the end of the road for author of The Road, Cormac McCarthy. Author (laughs) of The Road, Blood Meridian, No Country for Old Men, passed away on June 13th at 89 years old. Interestingly, he was a very much a reclusive author. And I think we talked about this, but he like did not do many interviews, did not, was not like a public author, like did not like engage with the literary community. He would just like write his books publish his books, mm-hmm. and then that, like, and then go back. Yeah. So he published two books last year. Though, I was just which thinking is that, so though. Which fascinating. Yeah. He had, he didn't, pub, like, he published a fair few amount of books. I want to say He had published, was, I think, like, eight or nine books, and then he went on hiatus for, like, 16 years. Yeah. Or something. Which is fascinating. Like, so interesting. Let's see. He published one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve books. Oh, my books. gosh. Yeah. 65, 68, 73, 79, 85, 92, 94, 98, 2005, 2006. In 2006, he published The Road. Mm-hmm. And that was the last book he published until these two books that right. he published last year, yeah. The Passenger and Stella Maris. So there was almost, uh, I can't do math, but like you said, like almost 20 years between those publications. Mm-hmm. Um, and he passed away, which is really interesting because I definitely consider him one of kind of the modern classic yes, authors. definitely. Like yeah. A modern author who was publishing up until last year, yeah. but whose books had already gotten classic status. Totally. Um, so that's really interesting. And it really definitely made me want to pick up one of his books because my boyfriend loves his books. So, mm. all right. My second one. <laughs> I'm realizing my uh, headlines were a little edgy this time. <laughs> okay. No eating, no praying, not even any loving will bring back this book. Elizabeth Gilbert's new book, <laughs> The Snow Forest, is canceled less than a week after being announced. Huh? Yeah fascinating. I don't know this anything about this. This was a really crazy, interesting uh, piece of news. And actually, I already want to edit what I said there because I kind of wrote these quickly before we did. <laughs> it's been postponed. It hasn't been Yeah, when you said unquote, canceled, canceled, I was like, uh-oh, what did she do? <laughs> right, exactly. That word is kind of loaded. Um, so this is really fascinating. Um, and it's interesting that you haven't heard of it, really. So I'll try and give you like the, the little summary mm-hmm, version. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Gilbert is obviously best known for her book, Eat, Pray, Love. Yep. Uh, but has also published other books in between the giant success of that and now. And she announced her new book, The Snow Forest. Okay. So obviously nobody's read this book because it's she only just announced it and okay. said, like, it's now available for pre-orders. But no arcs had been sent out. Right. Really, arcs aren't really sent out for giant authors. Like, an author of Elizabeth Gilbert's status does not need early reviews of a book yeah. from plebs like us right and like, send it to celebrities and like other authors yeah and to yeah. like uh people who are writing for like the new york times but not to people like us so nobody has read this book nobody knows anything about it except for what she said it was about and what kind of the blurb said it was about mm-hmm. and it was about this and i'm gonna butcher this because i 
I don't know, I read this a while ago, but it's basically about she had heard of this real life news story Mm -hmm. of these people who lived in Siberia who had been religiously persecuted by the Russian government. And so they fled into the woods and lived basically untouched for 40 years, like because they'd fled the government and they were hiding and they set up a whole life and became like their own little town kind of like not a whole town, but, you know, like a whole little thing. And they lived there by themselves for 40 years and in Siberia until they officially, somebody like kind of found them and was like, you're allowed to come back. Like you won't oh, be yeah. persecuted anymore. She was like, this is so, such an interesting story. So she basically did an interpretation and reworking of that story. Okay. So what happened was there was a giant backlash and it's one of these classic situations where it's like, it's so hard to tell on the internet if it's actually giant or if it's not giant. Yeah. Like there's no numbers with this stuff, but there was a giant feeling backlash of people saying that it was anti-Ukrainian to post a book oh. that is set in Russia. And after less than a week of a lot of people being um, like saying this, she decided to postpone the book indefinitely and so she posted a video that's really interesting i'll link to that video but she posted a video that's sort of like you know because of everything i've heard i've decided i'm going to pull this book and postpone it indefinitely and um it's really really fascinating because this is like one of the bigger examples we have of a of a giant author pulling their own book that no one's even read yet yeah because we don't know if it what we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know yeah. anything. We don't right? Know. And so we don't know. And we probably won't ever know. Because when she says it's postponed, I'm like, until when? Like, when would the right moment to bring that book out be? Yeah. It's like That's the only other option would be if she, like, completely changed it. Redoes it. But we don't even know. It doesn't sound like it was, like, pro-Russia, obviously. That's what I mean. It's just, like, set there. That seems it's like. set there. It, this almost feels like a book being banned before it's even come out. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like censorship in, like, a backwards kind of way where it's like, we haven't even read the book yet. We don't even, haven't read the book. And so... so interesting. It could be a very anti-Russian book. Yeah. But we don't know because no one's read it. Um, And so it was just a really fascinating story kind of amidst the backdrop and cultural context of all of the other censorship stuff that's going on right now. It was just, like, a fascinating little story in the middle of that. Um... And there's, it's one of these things where it's like, it's a little bit like there's never a right or a wrong. Because I can under, I totally understand the perspective of like, you don't want to be seen supporting Russia yeah. when they're obviously, they're treating Ukraine, like Ukrainian uh, people so terribly. Exactly, so you're like, yeah, yeah you're right. Like, Makes you don't want to be doing that. But at the same time, like, when should a book, when should we say that a book shouldn't be published? It's, oh, it's Exactly. And how long is that going to go on for? Forever? right or is it kind of like once the war ends like can you publish the book it's it's so fascinating so it was a really interesting story and um it kind of reminded me also of like the roll doll stuff that happened recently where it's just like this is i feel like this is the kind of stuff that's going to be in textbooks Mm, you know what i mean like like with obscenity trials that you hear about these obscenity trials with stuff like people like alan ginsburg who were like was they had to go to court in order to publish a book that's because crazy. it had depictions of gay sex in it. Yeah. And you're like, God, that's so crazy. But now here we are, like having our own like crazy censorship ideas yeah. and like people trying to ban like like I read a couple weeks, gender queer. Mm-hmm. And you're like, 
that's clearly wrong. We're going to be talking about this yeah. to our children. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. All right, there you go. That was our book news this week. Um, thank you so much to everyone for listening to this episode and hanging out with us. As always, we're really happy and proud to be here for our 201st episode. <laughs> yep. we're, we're deep in it now, and uh, I'm excited to make it to 300, huh? Yeah, we've got to right. start planning now. What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, we're, gonna, we're planning something real big. Only 51 uh, <laughs> weeks to go, Ariel. <laughs> Just kidding, that's All not right. true. I guess, yeah, it would be like two years from yeah. now. Yeah. Spooky. All right. We'll talk to you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye.